0: This is an Area Code podcast.
1: This episode of Table of Malcontents is brought to you by Useful Group, the best digital marketing agency in the world. That was a good radio voice, Dave. Dude, that's what I got, man. But I'm telling you, they are awesome. They're full service, social media, advertising, rebrands, design, websites, strategy, as Debbie would say. They've done a lot of good work with us at Lifeway, in fact. I'm telling you, man, you got to check them out. So they can help you, your business, your church, ministry with all these things. Just go to usefulgroup.com. That's right, usefulgroup.com.
2: You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and
3: Nancy Guthrie
2: talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader hey everybody welcome to today's episode of table of malcontents with i'm aaron and with me as well again pretty much always is dave hey pretty dave. much always pretty much always. yes i us tell right.
1: you i am even further along in my goals achieving them that is yeah, that's uh, right 2020 in the, <laughs> in the uh, last in the uh, last few minutes in the last few minutes well done for this podcast part yeah uh-huh that's what we're gonna refer to this as um but okay. 2020 feels good yeah i'm i I'm feeling hopeful at yeah. this point. Hopeful, confident. Limberful <laughs> awkward silence yeah, right there. Right. I'm just going to respond to it that way. Oh well, well Nancy, you have had to endure um, already an hour of this, and we're gonna we're gonna go just a little bit further. So you that's just right. hang with us. Okay, I am ready. Right. Let's go. Nice. I so love it. so
2: listeners, again, we have our special guest Nancy Guthrie with us. Um, Nancy is awesome, as you heard in our last episode. Okay, you're
3: saying I'm awesome, but I realized when I looked yeah. at your podcast, you've been doing this for a while. It took you, and I'm right here in town. It took oh. you a really Uh-oh. long time oh. to get. Around to me, so I'm just picturing you were having oh. meetings. Like, who could we talk to? Uh, Nancy Guthrie? Mm, I don't know. Maybe not. Oh, maybe only when we get desperate will we invite Nancy Guthrie oh. over. This is this is what I'm thinking.
1: We had okay. to fire Barnabas. We have to fire. No, really, all right. So a few different so. things with that. Yeah. yeah. So oh, Barnabas um, is the one who no. <laughs> didn't want me on. Is there, that what you're there, saying? There was a there well, was a period of time we didn't have that many guests. Yeah. On top of that, too, there really was a long period we didn't, okay. especially yeah. the first half of last year. Yeah. And then we started thinking, okay, well. It's not that we ran out of things to talk about. We always could. It's more but like you what's ran out we, of things to talk about. But, well, what's useful to. <laughs> well, re- Thank you, Nancy. Wow. Okay. It's, it's just right. that I'm really boring. <laughs> wow. Sorry. It's, that's pretty much it. Plus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, thanks, Nancy. Wow. Sure. You really put us just on the spot here. Oh, wow. 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 I got a good southern wow. blessing? Did you just, I'm going to receive Bless that. our
2: hearts? Hmm. Dang,
1: uh, Aaron's, that's Aaron's still getting used to this. Yeah, after he's had multiple Thanksgivings this year. And yeah, he's, it's he's been, been delightful. All, all Canadian doubts, right? So, mm-hmm. and American doubt. so yeah. don't yeah, worry. Aaron, I still say against though. So it's uh, good the words, <laughs> the words he uses. Yeah, now these guys green card and all, so he's just, you can't you yeah. can't stop me. Uh, mm. we, yeah. Well, apparently people can't stop you, so if it's not us. It's going to be the government. So. Oh well. well, no, but Nancy, yeah. So we. Uh, yeah, yeah, we took a little while. I'm sorry. All right. You're, you're mm-hmm. here and we're doing – you're one of the very few to have a multiple. Okay. Okay, That's how about true. that? I'm going right. to look at a positive here. I knew there's a lot to talk right. about. Way to, way to turn that there go. around, There You like that, Good Nancy? Job. Good All job. Right, a little bit better. I'll receive that. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's right. Um, yeah, and if you did not listen to last episode, do, because Nancy and, and Aaron and I had a great conversation just talking mm-hmm. about, A, just history of publishing, at least within the last few decades, and also – um, just kind of some things that make uh, Nancy tick, certainly the writing process. But also, we're going to dig in a little bit more into, uh, A, her book coming out this next year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let her talk about that a little bit. But also, if you haven't already listened to you need to check out Nancy's podcast. I want to hear more about kind of how that started to help me teach the Bible with Nancy Guthrie. Mm-hmm. Not, not you know, you're not, not throwing in three co-hosts just to confuse everyone, which I like. That's right. All right. Well done. I know. <laughs> so, but... Uh, uh, but you partnered with Gospel Coalition on this, so that's mm-hmm. part of how it happens. So, Yeah, and it is a quality podcast, so definitely do check it out. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the podcast. What you
3: All right. It's called Help yeah. Me Teach the Bible. And for this podcast, I talk to really excellent Bible teachers and theologians about how to teach a particular book of the Bible mm-hmm. or some aspect of Bible teaching. So I can hardly believe it, but I've been doing this for almost five years. I can't believe it. Um, I, I but I'll just give you guys the, the the real scoop on it. I mean, the reason uh-huh. I started the podcast, I did care that it might help others, yes, but it was sure. also my excuse to invite myself over to meet incredible theologians and Bible teachers to talk about the thing yeah. I want to talk about, which was the Bible. Nice. And so, I mean, I've just talked to the most amazing people over the last five years and had incredible conversations, and that has been really, really fun. Um It's been amazing. I have done... All of them, you know, every two weeks, a new episode, all of them in person, which only works because I travel to speak a lot. And so the way it's worked for five years is either I'm at a conference with somebody. So Mm -hmm. like when I go to a conference, people are like, oh, let's have coffee, let's have dinner. I'm like, no, I'm in a room all day long doing Help Me Teach the Bible interviews, so I can't see anybody. Mm -hmm. So I do one after another at some conferences when there's a lot of people to talk to. Um, But for example, I'm going to Atlanta. My next speaking thing is in Atlanta. I'm Mm -hmm. going early. So Thursday night I'll do one. Friday morning, I'll do one before I speak on Friday and Saturday, and I'll do the same thing the next weekend in Birmingham, and I'll do the same thing the next week in Jackson. So yeah. it's really, I like it that I'm going to their office, their space yeah. to mm-hmm. talk with them about the Bible.
1: So yeah, I love that. It's really
3: been fun. Uh, I love that too.
1: Yeah, I, um, there, there is something about being in person too. We don't do any of ours from remote. At least we haven't, I don't think, right? I don't think we have. Um, we did one. You maybe have when I wasn't around, but yeah. But never like,
2: no, we haven't had anyone, we haven't uh, brought anyone in via Skype or Zoom or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's, I mean, it's just, it's way more fun to have the person in the room reading and they can just give us dirty looks and just be, you know, mildly offended at all the things that we say and do and Dave's general demeanor.
3: Well, the thing about my podcast (laughs) is that I have learned so much from these people. So for me, first of all, like, for example, a few weeks ago, I was doing an interview with a guy down in Orlando on the book of Nahum. And I'm like, have I even read the book of Nahum? I don't know what that's about. And so to prepare for the interview, I learned some things. In the conversation, I learned some things. In the editing, I learned some things. And sometimes even then when I'll listen to the finished podcast, I'll hear some things that, that I didn't hear before. And so... Really, I mean, it's just I have learned so much from so many people over these five years doing it, and I've loved it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you had something, too. why, Aaron, I know you started this before. You started inviting some co-hosts on. Thank you, Aaron. It's been a few years. Uh, no, it's the fact that you love talking about these things, and you love learning about it. And for our perspective on books, it's saying, well, oh, I get not the majority of my recommendations, but certainly a ton off this podcast from people who come on mm-hmm. the show or – um, or just us going back and forth. Yeah, I mean, we Seinfeldia came up in conversation. So I said, great. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know it existed. So perfect. But um, yeah, podcasts are... A joy. And I know we talked last time about your history of being a publicist too. And podcasts are probably one of the biggest changes that are out there in terms of how authors can spend their time promoting their book. Because, you know, maybe when I'm advising an author of what we want to do in a tour these days, I'll say, listen, I know you want a ton of interviews, but you got to understand of what is going to be the most useful. And that'll ultimately help sell your book the most, which is have a long conversation and not make it this whole Mm -hmm. pitchy thing. Just have a great conversation about it and have fun with it. Um, and authors are pretty pretty bought into it i would say now i mean some who are really really busy i know you're busy but also you host a podcast and but that I makes a big i got to tell difference. you i
3: mean the po- the podcast interview requests have been going up exponentially for me i mean and i don't think that's personal to me i just think the number of podcasts being done so yeah. you know like mm-hmm. I, a, a week or so ago I mean, I got three requests in one day and, you know, here I am. I'm trying to finish a seminary class and get a paper written yeah. and I already had two yeah. I was doing that week. So, yeah. I, you know, I just had to say no, no, yeah. no. And I felt badly about that. But I feel like mm-hmm. they are exponentially growing yeah. the number. And so.
2: Yeah. Well, currently there are 700,000 podcasts. Wow. Out there. What Mm. I'm
3: meaning to say is because I actually drove downtown to do this with you, you should feel very special. We We, do.
2: We do do feel very special.
1: That's that's why you're a a two-episode gal. There you 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 go. That's right. Yeah, That's right. It's a lot of pressure. One one of the few. Yeah, yeah, no. Well,
2: this is a low-pressure podcast because, I mean, look who you're talking to. One
1: other other reason is uh, also that I think I mentioned Aaron was – I would love to hear just Nancy's perspective on books as a female, on top of that, too. Because at the end of the day, think of Barnabas, Aaron, and I sitting around the table a table talking about dude books, yeah. dude books. And you know what? We love it, but also, I mean, how else do we discover Nicholas Sparks, right? Well, <laughs> no, I'm just you kidding. Know. no, but we, uh, Elizabeth Hyman, Mark Podcast, you know, here, at, you know, Elizabeth's great, but like she'd recommend a lot of I normally wouldn't touch, but like the, uh, me- educated memoir by Tara Westover. I, I yeah. hadn't read it. I'd heard about it, but she kind of pushed me over there. Like, okay, I need to read this. A bunch of guys are comfortable reading something like Hillbilly Elegy. It's a guy. So, maybe they can relate to, maybe not, but they're like, it's but it's a of guy kind of <laughs> the same book. It is. It's Mormon West coast. That's basically and female. Uh, but I thought like, no, it was tremendous and it was great writing. So it was, it was worth it. But, to me, I think it's, and, and to us on the podcast, it's just great getting that perspective too. Just saying, because we kind of get in our zone of yes, we also all have had daughters. And so we know like we're trying to recommend books ultimately to kind of get their imagination going too. And that could be books written by men and women or both, whatever. So, um, there you go, but yeah, but let's talk about your book coming out this next spring too. Okay, yeah, I want to do that because that'll lead into some of the other questions that I want to ask okay. about since you've been on. So tell us a little bit about it. It's coming out. I have in a March, book coming
3: out in April, April, April. Called Saints and Scoundrels in the Story of Jesus.
0: Mm,
3: I like it. So each yeah. chapter is about a particular. Each chapter is about a particular person or group of people, in the story of Jesus, and I guess the way this came about probably had two impetus Empathy? Can, do you, how do you pluralize impetus
2: oh, yeah. I'm not sure um, let's find that impetus. out okay <laughs> yeah yeah impeti- keep going I'm gonna go fun, with
3: impetite yeah. because I if not then I've made up a good word all right I like um, it One was I teach a Bible study uh, here in Nashville at my church every summer. And women, you know, there's most churches aren't offering women's Bible study in the summer. So women come from lots of different churches and it's really, really fun. And so um, I was working on something to teach a couple of summers ago. But the other thing was I've just always had curiosity about a few characters. Like, for example, I had a big curiosity about John the Baptist, and have never read much about him uh, think about john the baptist Here is, he's related to jesus he recognizes jesus when he is in the womb remember how he leaps mm-hmm. for joy in the mm-hmm. womb when mm-hmm. mary comes
0: yes.
3: he recognizes jesus when jesus comes to be baptized by him he says he's the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world yeah but then you get to this really critical scene in john the Baptist's life and he's sending his disciples to jesus to ask Are you the one? Or should we be looking for another? That's fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. Um, He's the last Old Testament prophet. And and think about his message. Uh, when you think about the message of John the Baptist, if you just read what he was preaching, he's basically saying, you know, the ax is being laid to the root and the the fire is about to come.
2: It was a bit of a turn burn
3: message. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Not would likely not be if he had a podcast, we likely wouldn't be listening to it. Right. Because it was a message. And yet what was happening, the people of his day, they're all headed out into the wilderness. I mean, there's, there's no Chick-fil-A out yeah, there, right? Yeah. There's no showers out yeah. there. They're heading out into the wilderness to hear this preacher, that kind of message. And his rep- message is repent.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: repent. Everything about your life has to change. He's, he's upsetting the status quo. So
0: mm-hmm.
3: yep. I wanted to read about John the Baptist. Right? Yeah, and and then there was some other characters. Like uh, another person and question I had mm-hmm. was the apostle Peter. Here's mm. Peter. You read about him through the Gospels. He is uh, impetuous. Uh, it's um, yeah,
0: it, impetuous. It's a good There's word for it. Impetuous. There's that
3: one yeah. scene where Jesus asks him, who do you say I am? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then in the next breath, when Jesus says, well, we're headed to Jerusalem where I'm going to die. And he says, you know, may it never be so. Don't even say it, Lord. And then Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. And you, you've got this, He He denies Jesus at the lowest point of Jesus' life. So there's the Peter in the Gospels. And when you get to Peter in the New Testament, you've got him preaching at Pentecost, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, there's the whole thing where he is giving in to the Judaizers um, and, you know, leaning toward the Jews around the Gentiles. That's, That's a problem. All right. So you've got all of that about Peter. But then you've got these two letters he's written, 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And you're like, is this even the same person? Here's this one who didn't want Jesus to even talk about suffering. And what is he saying to us in First Peter? He's saying, have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, have this attitude towards suffering. Be willing to go through these fiery trials. Or here's, here's Peter who fled when things got tough. And at the mm-hmm. end of First Peter, he's saying, stand firm. Mm-hmm. So my big question was, how did he change? what created that kind of transformation because i want that kind of transformation Mm
0: -hmm.
3: and so i I started putting these thoughts together about these various characters and came up with this saints and scoundrels and so as i said each chapter is oftentimes a blend so for example the chapter about john the baptist there's some real scoundrels in his story sure herod
0: Yeah. yeah and
3: herodias and here's john the baptist he's been calling them to repent they don't repent and they silence the voice, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they lose their opportunity to repent. I mean, but by the time Jesus is front of Herod, Jesus will not perform a miracle. He won't even he won't yeah. talk to him. What a sad thing to yeah. so so long resist repentance. Mm-hmm. You become calloused to it, and your opportunity to repent yeah. passes you by.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, other chapters: there's a chapter about religious hypocrisy, the Pharisees. Um, a chapter about using Jesus instead of loving Jesus. You've got this picture of Judas who wants to use Mm. Jesus to enrich himself. But he's contrasted with Mary, this one who pours out this expensive ointment on Jesus out of love Mm -hmm. for Jesus. What a contrast. Uh, There's uh, Caiaphas. He's fascinating to me. Have you read much about Caiaphas? Probably not. He's the high priest in the day of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So he has a role that was His role was intended for him to be a shadow. All high priests, ever since Aaron, had been merely a shadow of a greater priest to come. And you've got this scene in the Gospels. You've got the shadow face to face with the substance, with the great high priest. And here's Caiaphas. And in his arrogance, he's actually trying to destroy him and doesn't even realize that he is standing in fr- that the person standing in front of him is actually making him obsolete. That's fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. Zacchaeus, mm-hmm. this crook who Jesus comes to his house, salvation has come to this house today. He's transformed by the person of Jesus. Similarly, Barabbas and those two thieves on the cross, especially that mm-hmm. last thief, somehow he's able to look at this person who is bloodied and beaten who's hanging on a roman cross outside of town like he is and believe that he's a king who has a kingdom and so he says jesus will you remember me today when you come into your kingdom and jesus says truly truly i say to you even today you're going to be with me in paradise Mm
0: -hmm.
3: that's amazing uh but maybe my favorite chapter is the last one on the person of Paul. You know, we've, Paul, who's written most of the New Testament, we think of him mainly through that lens. But I think if if you had ask a person in first the first century, who's the last person you think will ever become a Christian? The that people guy. would have said, Saul of Tarsus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saul of Tarsus. He's the last person. I mean, when you read the accounts yeah. in Acts um, – You Acts 8 and Acts 9, the words are so vivid. The ones that really get me is where it talks about Saul, and it says he is breathing threats and murder. Mm -hmm. That's vivid. And that he's headed to Damascus. Why is he going to Damascus? Well, he's got a letter in his pocket from the temple leaders, Mm -hmm. and he's going to go to the synagogue, and he's going to start asking for names. Who are the followers of the way here? And then he's going to burst in their homes, and he's going to drab. Grab moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas out of their bed, and he's going to put them into chains and force them to march back to Jerusalem where they'll be put to death. And if they die on the way, who cares? Yeah. I mean, that's an evil guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the last person you expect to become a Christian. And then mm-hmm. something happens. He you has know, a supernatural experience once Jesus reveals himself to him. And he goes from an incredible sound scoundrel.
0: Yeah
3: into a saint Yeah, and you know what yeah. if there is grace and mercy for him he calls himself the worst of sinners yeah. and he says but this was done basically just put make me an example an example yeah. of what of the grace of jesus toward the worst of sinners mm-hmm. and at the heart of it that's what this book is about and yeah. that we see that in all of these different people the generosity of the grace of jesus toward the worst of sinners that he's the one who transforms scoundrels into saints love that
1: yeah i love it by the way we don't use the word scoundrels enough yeah I? Uh, I mean really i think that? I it's a it's, great it's, word it is it's uh yeah it's timeless um but uh yeah it it hurts in a really fun way you know (laughs) that's it's just scoundrel but yeah i mean it can be kind of winsome but also it can be exactly what it's intended to be it's like you're evil yeah yeah Yeah. it's a little bit of everything so i i yeah i like it well i'm so excited for us to read that too Mm -hmm. yeah that's that that was a that was a pretty uh a uh, pretty vivid description of what what you're going to get in the book that's why i love that. And, well i wanted mm-hmm. to be vivid i feel yeah. like
3: for if you're like me and you grew up in Sunday school that some of these characters they're just still stuck to the felt boards of our minds and yeah. they're they're very one dimensional yeah. and we're like yeah Zacchaeus, i know who he was right he's a wee it, little man uh, and a wee little man was and you don't right. you don't think about these people as people like what shaped Zacchaeus you know Mm -hmm. what made him this person who wants to be rich at the expense of his countrymen what makes him want to see Jesus has he heard about this other tax collector named Levi who actually sitting at the table collecting taxes and he gets up and leaves everything to follow Jesus and now he's happy and Zacchaeus think well Maybe I want to be happy like that. Or does he heard these stories Jesus yeah. tells where the Pharisees are the bad guys yeah. and the tax collectors are actually the hero of the story? Yeah. And does he think maybe Jesus would receive me because of that? So yeah. I'm trying to take, you know, off the felt board yeah. and make them mm-hmm. real people.
1: Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, And I love that. And even, um, uh, I, I didn't come to know Jesus till high school, but I, um, um, Of course, you want to read a lot, you know, as an early Christian, you want to just get as much as you can. But what you kind of lack during that period of time and also going to an adult is like we're busy. We rush through things. We fail to see how much depth there is to a character sometimes. And also, like, what is their backstory? What what really is Mm -hmm. motivating them? Um, And it also makes it seem like. How amazing the transformation is, you know, at that yeah. point too, um, and then those who turn the opposite way about, like what the consequences are for that too. So it's so exciting. I love mm. this. I do. Yeah, I think this is going to be great. So yeah. April twentieth, I think I April saw something. April, yeah, yeah. Okay,
2: something if something it, something it. it i know yeah. this
1: is a very this is an early podcast for that, but we're going to okay. promote it again during that time too That's which right. will be fun so and
2: we've got copies of it to read at uh, absolutely that, that showed up in the mail tab. absolutely
1: so I'm it'll, it'll make that. the review zone on good read i'm absolutely. pretty sure right there too absolutely so. yeah. <laughs> i love it it's, <laughs> it's great um all right so I am want to dip back into kind of you as we talked about last episode is what it's like promoting a book. And it's funny because here I'm taking notes in my head as someone who works in publishing is constantly promoting books. And I'm thinking, here's what I just loved in the way Nancy just described that. You just talked about the excitement of the story. And I, and I, of course I had the benefit of being here in studio to be able to see your enthusiasm. But the important thing is I felt it and you weren't just casually just throwing in, the title of the book just for the sake of it. We're just having a great conversation mm-hmm. about what the book is that gets someone excited ultimately. And they have to decide what the value is for themselves on their own. But I'm someone like Aaron too. I buy a ton of books just off of listening to a podcast. Um, I'll tell you if you're an author out there, what Nancy did right there is perfect. And and it doesn't need to be <laughs> – no, this is very meta, by the way, but that's the whole point. Um but, yeah, you don't have to overdo it. There's some people who feel like in the past, remember, you'd book, you would book you would you see authors on radio shows where you only got two minutes. Well, of course you got to throw the title of the book in there. Of course you got to do it. You don't have the opportunity to be able to talk the way you just did about the book in an interview like that. You have to just get some kind of quick bullet points out and mm-hmm. then move on and you're at the mercy of whoever's hosting. But um, – but that was, that was great. So, yeah, I know. So tell me about that tension of promoting a book today. Let's just kind mm. of, yeah, your own books today. Yeah. And you also mentioned before on the side about, like, taking breaks from social media. So you have to tell yeah. me about that, okay. too.
3: Mm. Well, let me just say, yeah. So I had a long career of promoting authors and books mm-hmm. and helping authors promote their books. And so, honestly, when I wrote my first book, it was just kind of a crisis for me it was like okay so am i going to be am i going to become my own publicist
0: yeah.
3: promoting myself
0: yeah
3: and honestly the idea of that kind of you know made me vomit mm-hmm. in my mouth a little bit right and yet I get that. there's a part of me that like it's, it's, there's a second nature aspect of it to me uh, and there's a necessary part of book promotion that when i commit to write a book for a publisher i'm, I'm committing to do yeah. some some promotion but i suppose the self promotion there's a difference between promotion and self promotion can i say that yeah, yes. it's yeah, yeah. Yes. absolutely right? right so and a lot of it is at the motive level because i think yeah. i think the appearance to you in terms of what i can do might look exactly the same yeah but there is something internal that happens in some of those things. Um, you know, on, on the earlier episode, we, we talked about the parable of the talents. And the thing that launched me into writing it all was the sense that I could use what God has entrusted to me, that, that I, my life is defined as being a steward. Of what God has entrusted to me. Mm-hmm. And the big question of my life is how am I going to invest that for a return for his kingdom? And there's there's the ding, ding, ding difference, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Is this about me? Now, I would like to be able to like, be real all holy and high and mighty here and say it's never been about me, but that just wouldn't be true um, because I am a human person whose motives swing and have found myself at many times that really has been all about self-promotion. But I would say, in general, I think it was, it's my publicity background that made me, when I became an author, um, the idea of being out to push myself, to open doors for myself looked very unattractive for me. And so I kind of made a deal with God and I'm not sure you're really supposed to make deals with God, but here was the one I made. I said, okay, Lord, here, here I, I, there's something about that, that is so ugly. So here's what I'm going to do. I want to pour myself into being prepared to walk through whatever doors you open for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Like that.
3: And that's very different than always being out to try to open doors for myself. Now, once again, I wish I could say I've been completely consistent in this. But I would tell you that there were a couple of times, especially early on, where I tried to push open a door for myself and it slammed in my face. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was the Lord saying, now, what was that part about how you're going to let me open the doors? <laughs> and so, and that was kind of good for me, right, to go, oh, whoa, yeah, that was just a step too far. So, yeah. you know, I, I can think about somebody listening to this and, you know, this is a map and thinking, well, where do you draw the line? You're there on a podcast talking about your book, isn't that self-promotion? Well, the the there's this requires wisdom, and the kind of wisdom that um, flows into a person by being connected to Jesus Christ. And the goal of my life is that I would be more and more conformed to being wise like Him. So I. I think, you know, let's see, I have been writing books now for 17 years, writing and promoting books. And so um, I I think I have some wisdom in this. I think I know my own heart. Not always because the heart is deceitfully wicked. I can think I am being a steward to promote him when really it's all about me on the inside. But I think in general, I'm just always looking for opportunities to be a good steward Mm -hmm. of what God has given me to um, to get. and, And I suppose this is the beautiful thing about what I write about. I write about God's word. Yeah, and so. Using the way God has made me and the gifts He's given me and the opportunities He gives me to magnify Him and to mm. cause people to grow in their understanding of and love for God's Word, man, I am just mm. all about that, and yeah. and I want to do a lot. I want, I want to do everything I can to do that, but um, I have to watch my heart. Yeah, and there are certain things that come along that I'll realize I want to say yes to that. And that's that's a, there's something scary yeah. about that to me, about the road yeah. that's going to lead me down. Mm-hmm. And um, then mm-hmm. and there are things that come along. That's a, that's an easy no. So,
1: yeah, no, I totally get that. You mentioned earlier about um, how much you in, you enjoy writing about things you are interested in. And of course, we, yeah. we you all should. But like, what is it about that? process? Well, I do
3: think he, and the, oh. my husband is the one who pointed this out to me about myself, and this really is true, that I think most people think, and this is, you know, we all work with authors, and so this is the case for a lot of people, they become an expert in something, and then they write a book about it, and that has rarely been the case for me. Mm. I can only, I'm not Mm. an expert in much at all, right? Uh, A book for me is, here's something I want to learn about, so I'm going to commit to write a book about it. Mm -hmm. And that's how I learn about it. I mean, almost all of my books have been that. And I think that serves my reader well oftentimes because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the books that I've written, instead of reading them, writing about them, like, you know, this guy who's known about this for 20 years and knows all the intricacies, instead, I'm writing about it like somebody who's new to it and that I anticipate their questions
1: because you had them. Because yeah. I just had them, <laughs> yeah. and
3: I had them as I'm writing. Um, and these, you know, so I'm writing about things I wanted to learn about. You know, so so probably most significant for me that has been, you know, when I began to hear teaching, preaching that had that was had redemptive historical themes, and was uh, filled with biblical theology. I was like, whoa. I've never been taught the Bible this way. I don't This is not how I grew up understanding the Bible. I need to – even even though I've studied the Bible a lot in my lifetime. Yeah. I mean my earliest memories are being in Sunday school. Right? I've been in a day of the Bible, but like I don't understand the Bible this way. So I went to one of my publishers at that point, Tyndale, and I said, I would like to write the one-year book of discovering Jesus in the Old Testament. Mm. So I spent the next so nine cool. months – Listening Uh to teachers and preachers who teach the Bible that way and writing that book. And see, one thing I have learned is, you know, I might have listened to all that and kind of gotten an idea about it. But when you're immediately taking it and trying to figure out how to communicate it to someone else, you get it far more solidly. Uh So I I think of that book as my um, kindergarten Uh of relearning the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then um, then I began working on a series for Crossway, this five book series of yeah. the seeing Jesus in the Old Testament Bible study yeah. series. And that's Mormon like my going to grade Some school. Lot. Okay. Yeah sure. And but once again, I yeah. mean, it's not like I had when you read that series, I mean I, I get letters from people that I love and they're just like I've studied the Bible whole my whole life, but I'm having all of these aha moments yeah. that mm-hmm. I had never seen that before. Mm. And I just write them back, and I said, "That's because I had them first. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times as alone. I was writing it, mm-hmm. and I got to share it with you, which is a great e- thrill and joy to me. So yeah, I yeah. love
1: that because you start with curiosity. Yes, I mean it's it's, I mean it's it's not a yeah not the know it all. Uh, and there's not to devalue someone who's spent 20 years of research on something and then that, okay, it's now yes, time exactly. to write a book. We are that grateful is, that for those is people. valuable. I'm so valuable. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a perspective. that probably helps you connect with that average person out there. And I, I remember when I was asked to teach at church for the first time, I thought, I think I've shared with you, and I thought, but I've not taught them that before. I'm like... Well, you love reading books, like you're you, you're mm-hmm. you're interested in this, so go, go at it. it, go for it. Yeah. I said you just you actually would be, in and, and then say like your perspective would be invaluable. I said okay, well give me a give me someone with a, a better the, theological compass alongside me, but I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> um, I know Aaron's laughing at that, but oh, uh, but dude. no, but but it changes the way, and uh, and I listen. I hope it connected from that perspective more, but I. I very few write that way that you do, but I love that because that is going to connect because, yeah, the other person out there mm-hmm. who happens to pick up the book or wants to read it has the same questions. They may not know how to articulate them, mm-hmm. though, but mm-hmm. you clearly can connect that way. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. Um, so did you go away to write the book or did you write oh, uh, as you went? I,
3: I always find that so funny. I hear this on a lot of yeah. podcasts, right? They want to yeah. write it. So like, we have a yeah. special place. You go, And I'm just like, who does that? And I, yeah. and, and I know maybe some people do. But all my books, like a lot of them take like months and months to write. Yeah. 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 And the writing process for me, if you were at my house where I write everything, I have never gone away and I couldn't. For one thing, I need the internet and I need my books. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm not going away, yeah. right? And I got to make lunch yeah. and I got to make dinner and yeah. I got to get yeah. ready for next week in speaking engagement. I mean, yeah. so writing, you know, fits in life. But if you were at my house, you would look, you would see that maybe some days I wake up and at six or six 30, I'm in my pajamas at the desk and I'm there till about nine o'clock. And I think, man, I should take a shower and eat some breakfast. And I get up mm-hmm. and I do those things. And then maybe I go for a, a walk in the park yeah. with one of my friends and I talk about what I'm writing and actually talking yeah. verbally about it apart from all the books sure. helps me clarify my main point, which is great. Mm-hmm. But then I'm back writing until about 530 or six o'clock when yeah. it's like time to make dinner. So that's what writing looks but. It, the thing is, it doesn't look very much like writing. It looks mostly like studying. Sure. Yeah. Depends on which, what kind of book I'm doing. No. But most of my writing looks like studying mm. because – uh, the fact that I am writing about things I'm trying to learn about. Absolutely, and that, that's helping all
1: areas about... of what you're doing: speaking, yeah. other podcasting, yeah. writing, etc. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can imagine you hear novelists going away or having to yeah, have like maybe. A, they go oh. into that dark basement or whatever. So it's yeah,
0: <laughs> the dark murdering people. Yes. <laughs> I also yeah. a lot of times these I yeah. they just
3: I need, uh, I need I need I, this, I need some time. To think about these things yeah. and figure it out. So, yeah. for example, so so many of my chapters, you know, like I was talking earlier about, you know, the the Peter or the John the Baptist yeah. chapters. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm reading, I'm I'm studying about all of them, but then I've got to sit back and go. So, what's going to be the main point of that chapter? Mm-hmm. And because I I don't want the chapter to be a series of ideas about. I want it to have a main point. I want it to be calling my readers to respond to something, to whatever the main point is. I want the main point to be what I think the scripture's main point would be. and that happens not solely at my desk that, t- that happens a lot walking in the park talking to somebody yeah. or or just mm-hmm. thinking about it 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 happens over days it happens over pages and pages of graph paper
0: yeah
3: where i am jotting down Okay, maybe the title is this and these are the three points. Oh, no, that doesn't fit that. Okay. May here's here here's three points. Oh, but then that doesn't get me to the main point. But then how mm. but then and then I'm like, okay, if this is the main point, how am I going to introduce that chapter? Now that can take yeah. me days. Yeah interacting, sure. talking and continue to work. And then, yeah. then I come upon, maybe it's even like, okay, I say to my husband, I'll go to my husband's office. All right. <laughs> so can you help me think of a time when we were trying to do this or whatever? And, you know, or, and maybe I try one intro and it just falls apart. So I, I got to find another one. So that's what the process looks for. me, and I just don't know how somebody does that going away.
1: Yeah. 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 No, I, I get it. Yeah. Having all the resources at your fingertips is huge. Um, do you um, you mentioned kind of having a you know a pad in terms of writing graph paper? But like when you're out and about doing the most mundane thing, shopping or whatever, are you one of those who are like okay, I got, I idea. I got idea. to write that I got down. To stop, right, like yeah. got to find like an yeah.
3: old receipt in yes. my purse. Yes. <laughs> and
1: yeah. jot mm, something yes. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, because yeah, your your brain doesn't stop in terms of yeah. everyday life. So I would figure with you since you're already. You're, you're speaking, writing, preparing for another book potentially in the future, too. And thus, podcasting your brain is in four or five different places in any given time, which is very impressive. Yep. Uh, not easy to do. Um, and some people can do one thing and do it really well, but like to be able to wrestle with all those things at once, you have to do it that way, so mm-hmm. very cool. All right, so you've been speaking a lot too. Tell us a little bit what's, mm. uh, what's going on with events. Well, I've always been speaking yeah. a lot, but mm. I
3: launched something unique this mm. last fall. It's called the Biblical Theology Workshop for Women. Mm. Wow. Because I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to infiltrate women's Bible study in the local church with biblical theology. With okay. seeing Christ throughout all the scriptures, yeah. and with the mm. basic biblical literacy tool of biblical theology,
0: yeah.
3: and people might not have known the term, but that's what they loved about my Seeing Jesus series, yeah. and, and that's, and and then my most recent book, even better than Eden. In that book, I take nine themes that begin in Genesis and go all the way to Revelation, and are. They're themes that I believe the divine author of the book, The Bible, has written into his book. And if we want to rightly understand the point of the divine author, these are themes we need to know and understand. Mm-hmm. And so uh, – these biblical theology workshops i'm basically training women to do that i'm training them on getting a good handle on the biblical storyline itself Mm
0: -hmm.
3: because i mean as much as i studied the bible for most of my life i couldn't have traced the basic storyline i knew lots of stories in the bible but i had no idea how they fit together i mean all of those battles in the old testament those were all just a big jumble yeah and you know I just avoided the prophets because I didn't understand how those fit in the story. I mean, if you don't get how they fit in, you just ignore them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So things like that. So I'm training women how to understand the storyline. Then we dive into understanding major themes in the Bible. Yeah. And then how that helps us understand smaller parts of the Bible when that theme arises in whatever passage you're studying. Yeah. So this fall, I did that in seven Uh, I did seven of those around the country. I've got 10 of them planned in the country uh, for this spring. Uh, I'm doing two internationally, doing one in Belfast, one in Vienna. And then I've got eight booked for the fall of 2020 in Mm. various cities. And so – It's been so much fun to go to these cities. I mean, because women arrive, they've come from maybe 100 different churches to wherever the host church is hosting it. Yeah. They're hungry to learn this stuff. Women want to be treated like they have a brain. Yes. And a brain for – theology Mm -hmm. and so the days they're actually very fun they're very interactive it's not just like three lectures by nancy there's lots of okay you're going to get in the group and you're going to trace this particular theme and there's uh you know back and forth between me which has been right really uh, a fun challenge to do in some really big rooms Mm -hmm. so the the largest one that i've done so far was at uh uh, Southeastern Seminary in Wake Forest and there were 800 women yeah. in the room and to have back and forth conversation was challenging but really fun yeah so anyway those yeah, called you can go to my website nancygathery.com to read about nice. uh, and yeah. to, to look at the list of the cities where I'm yeah. going to be yeah. here for the
1: next year doing those workshops at, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man it's, well, it's, I, it's uh, that's a full year of teaching that's, that's
2: impressive yeah. that's huge but I mean I love the fact that you're doing that on multiple fronts one um, I really resonate with what you're saying about um Women wanting to be treated like they have have brains, like they have a mind for theology, Um, not talking down to to women. Um, You know, I I have I have two daughters and the last thing and Mm -hmm. I I hate when I see anything um, that is not. A, not challenging, like not assuming that they can handle um, certain ideas mm-hmm. and concepts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the things that I like. And from the other side, it's like it's one of the reasons why I, um, why I do the job I do. Um, you know, with the Gospel Project mm-hmm. is yeah. that's that's our whole deal. Is, exactly. is that so? It's so it's like you're yeah. you're speaking my mm-hmm. language. Yeah.
3: Well, so much right. women's Bible study in the local mm-hmm. church is role driven, mm-hmm. wife, mother, whatever, yep. right? Or it's inspiration driven mm-hmm. and very strongly felt need driven.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Like the here's books this gone, too. Yeah.
3: Oh, have right. they? Yeah. Hard oh, yeah. to yeah. um, yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, felt need yeah. driven. Absolutely. And
0: too I cool. think
3: about the Bible that, you know, the one who made us, he tells us things in our book, in his book. As we seek to know his book and what his agenda is in the book, and what these themes are that he's built into our book, yes. his book, we discover that there were questions we needed answers to know, but we didn't even know enough to know the the right questions, right? Because we're so busy yeah. going to the Bible with our questions, with what we with our agenda, with what we think is important. Yeah. So the more we know this book, we let him set the agenda mm-hmm. for telling us what we most need to know, That's good. and. It, anyway, I'm just having a great time with that. And if there's any listeners, I hope you will come to a mm-hmm. biblical theology workshop for no. women.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, can, I I can't register. Can't no, come, no, no, Dave. Dudes, no dudes, no dudes. Okay, come Dave. no. Unbelievable. Fine. I get that question okay. by the way. You, at every sure. at
3: every workshop, they say, "Why is this just for women?" I think I think uh, there's a number of things going on with that question. I think, but one thing I tell them about is that I am on this mission to infiltrate women's yeah. Bible study right. with this. Um, I was, I got asked that at the one at Grand Rapids and that was one of the workshops that filled up so fast. There mm-hmm. were 600 seats, but it filled up in a, like five weeks. And I said, well, if it was for men and women, only half of you would have been here.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah.
3: Um, and women, women engage more in an interactive learning environment. That's just women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I said, yeah. you know, the other thing I say is, you know, you got in those groups of four, if this had been men and women, who do you think would have dominated your conversation? <laughs> okay. So yeah. um, that's that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, nice. I love it. Nice. I love it.
1: Yeah. She mentioned her website but nancyguthrie.com And you can check out the speaking schedule. Yes, it's, it's impressive. So, yeah, I'm going to Belfast. I mean, can OK, I'm well, come there. On. But yeah, yeah, Greenville, Kansas City, Chattanooga.
2: Let's see. I have yeah, some friends
1: already that I'm thinking about.
2: Man, yeah, they would have a
1: great time at that one. Yeah, Birmingham, Atlanta coming up first of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. St. Louis, did I see in there yep. too? St. Louis, Denver, but not doing one at uh, yeah. at Bethlehem
2: in the Minneapolis.
3: Actually, <laughs> you haven't looked at the list, Aaron. I missed it. I missed because it because it has been added. We, we, there
2: we go. We, we, thank you. We will uh, thank you for all three of both us correcting the... and <laughs> shaming me. And I guess what? That. I
3: added just a couple of days ago. Do tell, mm-hmm. Nashville, Tennessee. What? Yeah. Really? yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Next November. It gotta really? Yes. <gasps> Have I even put it on the list yet? Uh, uh, no. Oh, I see it now. I okay. see it in yep. the list. Appear-
2: yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, fun. Oh, that's great. That's great. I love it. I love it. We can't. You Still wait. can't come.
1: <laughs> still oh. can't come though. But I can. But my wife would love yeah. to go. Yeah. So I yeah. know you that just means our wives $10 can go. Yeah. Not there yeah. yet. But yeah, a little early. Okay. I mean mine'll mine'll be, mine are ten and eleven. My oldest will be thirteen probably, at that point. So. Yeah well, have her
3: come.
2: All right. Okay.
0: All right. All right. All
3: right. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: The uh I will say the women's ministry at my church is the most highly engaged ministry. Mm. Um like just awesome. in terms of like thinking deeply, like trying to think deeply about theology, studying mm-hmm. the Bible. They're doing a really great job of that. Great. And um yeah, so I'm going to give actually a shout out to Lorianne, Lorianne Neely, for uh, doing a great job there. She doesn't listen to this podcast, but that's okay. Oh, um, let's well, if, I, that if now she that we did, I'd probably on. get church yeah. disciplined. No. So. <laughs>
1: uh, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah we've been pretty good on these. It's amazing well, what happens when Barnabas leaves the show. Yeah, you, know, you know. Amazing. <laughs> we even had to bleep <laughs> out so, anything. I don't think in, so. like three whole I don't episodes. Think so. yeah. amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, okay all right. all right what are you talking about what we're reading yes <laughs> so, but, but very no,
1: important no. yes no no nancy thank you this has yes. been really fun the last two you're episodes welcome. this has been great and really um uh love what you're doing in the ministry i'm disappointed i cannot come but i also understand uh to to the women's events but uh but mm-hmm. we're cheering you on so you. there you go So whatever mm-hmm. we can do to serve the ladies there you go that's right that's um right. What are we reading? Well, said, we got we one doing?
2: other thing to do to, first. It was something that we, we had that first? to. We have to oh, do that yeah, first. Oh, yeah, we have to. We have yeah, to yeah. do that first. Okay. So, uh, Nancy, it is your – as our guest today, as our guest co-host, you get to deliver the Jack Reacher Sucker Punch of the Week.
3: Well, here's what really bugging me these days. Okay. This, this is at the heart of it, right? I like this. All <laughs> right. Yes. really bugs me how many emails we're getting these days um, – to fill out a survey about the service that we got somewhere.
1: Okay. Like a a day later after these. Mm. Just constantly,
3: constantly from like, we get Boy, are we grateful for Vanderbilt healthcare, Mm -hmm. the Vanderbilt system, but like every appointment of every doctor, you get a survey to fill out Mm. about it. Sorry, not gonna do it. Every flight you take, how did we do? They want you to take a survey. I'm sorry. I just don't have time for all these surveys.
1: Yeah. What about book reviews?
3: What, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, but we're not
2: sending out. Uh, we're not
1: that's sending different. out sometimes emails. I do, sometimes people. I do that. Sometimes. I'm sorry. Oh, nice. You do what? I, I ask for, tell me but tell me about how you felt about a book. You know, it's well, that
3: essentially. that's your job. Yeah, I, I it get is. That. Thank but you. Like, but like, you're not sending that I out know. to like everybody yeah. who bought a book from you for, right, every right, second. Right, You know, I'm just. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do. not <laughs> I don't mind being asked my opinion. <laughs> it's just the relentless Yeah. Mm. Fill out a survey. Yes. Yeah. I so, just don't I'm want you. to. Okay. I'm, I'm so you. so what
2: you're saying is is we shouldn't send you a survey about how <laughs> your experience was as a guest on Table Mouth and No, I, no was. I
0: think you should. <laughs> okay, I think you good, should. Good. Internet, <laughs> <laughs> think so. All
2: right. What
1: do you I think I was looking over my computer for <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right, all right. That, that's, that's a that's nice. a good sucker punch, right? That's there. good. I like it. Uh, but oh, you're yeah. right, this time of year, yes, again, reminding people we're recording this in 2019 around Christmas time, which we're purchasing more things than usual. We are, there's more services out there that being used. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Yes. yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Cool.
1: All right. What uh, are we reading then? What are we reading? Nancy, go first. I know. Anything to add from it's, last time around? Okay.
3: So I'm getting ready to take a class in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to be jealous when I tell you who's teaching this class. Okay. Sinclair Ferguson. Uh, What? Yeah, I'm going to Orlando to take a class from Sinclair Ferguson on Puritan theology. wow. So I've never read much of the Puritans. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Don't know a lot about them. Well... I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn. I'm going to take this class. So I was was going through the list this morning and I'm going to maybe stop at your bookstore on the way out of here to see if you've got a couple of these. Um, You know, I'm going to read Mortification of Sin by John Owen. I've never read it. We should read that book, right? So in a few weeks, you talk to me, I will have read Mortification of Sin by John Owen. a book by Richard Baxter, the reformed pastor, and I'm I'm going to know all things Puritan theology. So, I love it.
1: I love it. I know I love it, and I love your incessant desire to continue learning in areas that, It's funny. I would make a poor assumption of saying, well, of course, Nancy's read about that before. No, but I haven't. I know, that, And that's absolutely okay. I mean, I think I'm mm-hmm. amazed no by... Change. No, well,
3: okay, I mean... He, here's what I did. I, I, I put together four anthologies. I don't know if you've seen those books. I put them together yeah. in like 2009, 2010. Yeah. I did one for Advent, one for Easter, one as a collection of writings on, um, on suffering, God's sovereignty and suffering, mm-hmm. and one on facing death.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And for those, I was just becoming Reformed, and there were all yeah. these writers like these yeah. people, like Joan Owen, you know, that I'd never read. So people think I've read these, all these guys, like I was just reading and happened across this thing. They don't realize, no, I was trying to introduce myself to these kind yeah. of more ancient writers. And yeah. I did it by the way I do everything, which is say, yeah. Hey, I'll put together a book about it. Right. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I put together those anthologies and they all contain about 22, 25 mm-hmm. short readings by what I call, Uh, Old Dead Guys and Not-So-Dead Guys because it's a collection of writings by someone like John Owen and Jonathan Edwards and Richard Baxter and R.L. Dabney, you know, those kind of things, along with, you know, John Piper and Tim Keller and uh, Ligon Mm -hmm. Duncan and other people like that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, those those anthologies are are kind of fun. But I I have the feeling uh, that I gave the false impression. That I have read a lot of those kind of of writers that I'm real well-read in them, and I'm actually not. So this class, I'm Mm going to get more
1: well-read. I love it. With the way you write with curiosity, Mm -hmm. it applies the same way in what you've read because you're always always learning. So it makes sense to me. Absolutely. You just got to stay a chapter ahead. That's it. That's all you got to do. All right? (laughs) Then you're the expert. Then you're the expert. That was my advice to teaching a church. But like stay a chapter ahead. You'll be fine. It'll that's be good, great. That's a good We'll make sure that you're not uh, you know, you know, committing us to heresy or anything like that. So yeah, then we're good. Okay. Good. All right. <laughs> probably should say where I go to church right now. But that's okay. No, no. No, probably, no, not, probably no. So, not. I think so you're gonna get church disciplined in a Probably minute, so. probably. I deserve um, it. Yeah. That's oh. true. All right. Dave, what are you reading? Uh, I'm finishing up Rainbow Six mm-hmm. by Tom Clancy. Yes, I, that, I nerd out on military things. Everyone's got to have Again, their candy. no judgment. I know. Uh, so my other one, I'm starting uh, from William Kent Kruger, his more famous book, Ordinary Grace. I'm very excited about that. In the world of all these Minnesota writers that we love. And uh, and Nancy just loves Layfinger, So she was talking about how much she loved Peace Like a River earlier. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> If you could see her face, folks. (laughs) I
3: wanted to like it. I felt like I should like it. <laughs> I won't tell you the other books like along those same lines. Uh, yeah, that that I like everyone just gave away and like couldn't finish. But just, I'm just showing you. Yeah, it's okay. I told you, I I'm think the most mm-hmm. illiterate. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. Met. No, no,
1: no, you're not the first, and you won't be no. the last. It's okay. Yeah, no. a lot of people have said about windowberry, Cormac McCarthy's, a bunch of other dude writers. So I get it. I totally get it. Yep. All right, what do you yep. got, Aaron?
2: Uh, I am. Going to go. Let's see here. I got a couple of things actually. One is the first Fowler by uh, S. D. Smith. Um, it is part of his uh, Green Ember series. Series we've been uh, we've been collecting along for the last few years. Our kids adore it. It's super fun. Um, it's really really well well written. Um, so that's it's a short little book too. Um, they're kind of his in between books um, between the main uh, the main volumes in that story um, so we're doing so I'm reading that one um, if I can steal it away from the kids and then I am about to go back to uh, The Six by K.B. Hoyle um, which is we, which we talked about this past year wanting to read that's yeah. right that's yeah. right she was uh, she mm-hmm. was on when we were in Birmingham mm-hmm. so uh, back uh, back in the summer
1: so. you weren't in Birmingham Nancy I'm sorry we, yeah. we, we when we were doing that so sorry yeah, I know. yeah but, sorry but. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> But when Sorry. are you
2: going to have us on your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Again, Maybe. yet again, the face. Okay,
3: here, here's the thing. So I only have a handful of books yes. of the Bible that haven't been covered yet. Oh, are there we e- go. Yeah. yeah are go. either of you experts and on – I'm well, trying to remember which – Well, you the, like, know the
2: where two I, or I am. Three. So yeah.
1: you know <laughs> I right. right. So
2: I'm a big believer <laughs> in fake it till you make it? Um, uh, not on my no. podcast. Oh, oh, no, no, no. No. There you no. Go. no, I was,
1: again – uh I, yeah, I saw. By the way, I saw Rebecca McLaughlin on there, which I love her book. <laughs> that was a great one. So you have some, yeah, brilliant people. Yes, Aaron. Not quite. Uh, we're not quite in that league. There's I'm just no you there, to both you of us know, right here and right fine. now. All right, it's fine. Is it fine?
2: It's Is fine. It really? It's always fine. Okay, it's, all right. It's, it's, all right. It's, we're gonna take that
1: pain you know just i couldn't we're gonna bury it nice and deep it'll explode out in an inappropriate time okay like at a meeting or something so okay wow don't do that (laughs) okay nancy thank
2: you so much you're welcome (laughs) this
3: was fun absolutely yeah yeah.
2: so um so yeah uh nancy can thank you for hanging out this was this was a blast um listeners hope you enjoyed Today's episode. Um, whether you did or not, do leave us a five star rating and review. Get all of Nancy's books. Do subscribe mm. to her podcast because it's great. And um, Saints and Scoundrels, folks. Yes, Saints and April Scoundrels. Twenty twenty. I'm excited. Yes. It's going to be good.
1: And we're going to use the word scoundrels more often in twenty twenty. Absolutely. Right. I'm. I'm sure right. we
2: got to. Yeah. We got to work that in. <laughs> we got to work that in every episode. So. Um, so yeah. we'll talk to you later. Bye.